crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello, welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm Brent Nuktagal, your host. I'm here in Jerusalem, Israel. Thank you very much for listening. We are going to talk about the coronavirus uh, and its effect in Israel today, and also its likely effect going forward. But before we do that, I just want to cover a few bits of feedback relating to uh, previous programs and and also um, uh, an article that was written earlier this week. This is from Florida coming in. Dear Brent, just wanted to write a quick note of appreciation for your recent program, Newly Discovered Cultic Site, etc. I had read the Biblical Archaeology Review article with great skepticism, knowing that there was a perfectly reasonable explanation for the article's assertions of this temple near Jerusalem at the time of the first temple's existence. Your program hit the nail on the head. Thank you for digging deep and discovering the truths that match the biblical account and exposing the unfortunate but real assumptions and assertions of the anti-Bible scholars and journalists itching to fit these discoveries into their twisted framework in whatever convoluted way they can. We appreciate the time you took, which time many of us do not have, to turn this seeming contradiction into a glaring confirmation of of the Bible's veracity. So thank you very much for sending in that uh, and well-written. Uh, email comment as well, far more well written written than uh, some of my articles, so I appreciate that also. Uh, this other one came in from Australia, and it's about the article that was written earlier this week about coronavirus. And uh, he says this: "This is Ed. Uh, he's a he's an avid listener of ours and follower of the website as well." said, the world has definitely been sideswiped by events this year, and we're still only two and a bit months into it. With the massive bushfires here in Australia and the coronavirus on the march, the economic knock-on effects and raised anxiety levels, we're definitely feeling the impact on our daily lives, even if not directly affected. It should make us stop and reflect and consider the true cause of these effects, but will it? And then he wrote, just saying that he's uh, really started to consider... Uh, what's taking place in Australia and and around the world with the corona and and he says he's praying that God um, uh, that those that God is calling now to participate in the work and he counts himself among them that they they would take heed take heed and uh, act on what God is trying to communicate as well before these things get worse so thank you very much um, Mr. Ed from Australia with that comment. A couple others came in about one of them about Christopher Eames' article about Pompeii and the lesson of Sodom and Gomorrah, and quite a few feed, bits of feedback have come in about that. So I suggest you read that if you haven't already. We're also putting some of the finishing touches on our next Watch Jerusalem print edition. If you haven't received that as yet, please go ahead and request a copy or a subscription of that free magazine at watchjerusalem.co.il, and you'll see there on the right-hand side of the website, you'll see uh, a picture of it and a link to this magazine that you can request for free. So today I do want to talk about Israel's pretty quick response to watch to uh, the coronavirus that's going through across the world, and then we will get to, if we have time, a bit of what Iran is doing. Of course, Iran is facing a tremendous uh, attack. Let's say it by let's say by this virus right now internally, 
Um, but even as they do that, they're still attacking against U.S. forces inside Iraq, which hasn't died down since the death of Soleimani and actually caused a couple of American casualties on Wednesday. And America has responded on Thursday, but then there come the Shiite militias in Iraq and they respond with more uh, rockets fired at at American bases in Iraq on Saturday. And so they have not been deterred Although you won't hear about that, this this attack would have been huge news this week, given that it did result in the death of two Americans and also one British service serviceman, uh, and yet it hasn't because news is dominated by the coronavirus. But we will get to that, uh, hopefully, if we have time uh, towards the end of today's program. Well, if you are living in Israel, you obviously are aware of the fact that um, daycares have been shut down, schools have been shut down, restaurants have been shut down, gyms have been shut down. Anything to where you're together with about more than 10 people, uh, it's going to be shut down. Even the beach is closed. The beach is uh, now closed where it will not open when it's expected to open to bathers uh, because of because of this. Um, of course, supermarkets, pharmacies, they will be open. Um, but gyms, pools, water amusement parks, zoos, petting zoos, uh, ritual baths, uh, beauty and mess- massage salons, Public boats, cable cards, even heritage sites are going to be closed as well. So there will be no visiting the archaeological sites while this is going on, it seems. And um, this is something that, I mean, it may even change even the days coming. It may get more stringent than it has. But for now, that's where Israel is, even though it only has about 200 cases of the corona, coronavirus, no, no deaths as yet, although there are a couple of people in a critical condition. A couple other stories that came out, which is kind of frightening in many ways. Uh, one of them was released in Netanyahu's statement last night uh, before, before the nation. He talked about how they are going to start use, uh, using advanced digital monitoring tools to track the carriers of the coronavirus. Uh, this is an article from Times of Israel discussing that, that it's entitled Netanyahu Sparks. Uh, privacy scare with move to track corona patients phones and so if you needed a, another excuse to uh, leave the smartphone behind or not have one uh, this could be it because the government is enacting measures to track that phone if you do end up getting corona I'm not saying it's not bad to understand where those with corona are located but the fact that this the government is opening up this tracking technology on its own citizens that haven't committed a crime or that aren't a risk to commit a crime, that's pretty worrying. This is what the article says by Judah Avi Gross. He wrote this, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Saturday announced that Israel would begin using advanced digital monitoring tools to track carriers of the coronavirus, raising major privacy concerns and prompting accusations of mass surveillance. Mass surveillance. Such tracking technologies, which in large part rely on data from cell phones, have principally been used by the Shin Bet Security Service in counter-terrorism operations, not against Israeli citizens who have not been accused of a crime. Quote Netanyahu said last night, Up until today I avoided using these measures in the civilian population, but there is no choice. And then the Shin Bet came out and said that it should be stressed that in any case there's no intention of using these capabilities to enforce or monitor quarantine instructions. And that's where it would get quite scary. What they're trying, what they're going to do, it seems, is if you have corona and you're reported to have corona, then they will be tracking your cell phone uh, and to see where you're going and to see who else you might have been in contact with. 
but it might be not too difficult to take it one step further and then seeing if you are in if you are obeying quarantine instructions now you probably saw last night but there was footage of a man being arrested in Tel Aviv by police officials that are basically in hazmat suits with all the garb on and they get out of their car and they you know are on the back of this man arresting him for breaking quarantine this is quite serious and again i think it's important that people are quarantined but to see the the measures that the government is taking in many ways to enforce this as well as tracking your phones it's quite scary it's quite scary to see the power that the government now has and no doubt the governments of this world uh, across the globe have this power it's just that they're using it in israel in this way to try and stop the spread of corona now if you don't want that to happen well, if you if you're not phased by that, let's put it that way, there isn't actually is actually an Israeli app that is being released right now called Track Virus, and this is an, an app that can notify users of a potential coronavirus exposure. So what it what it's going to do is it will your phone will obviously be on. And as you carry that around, it is sending feedback to this app of your location. And if you happen to go to a location where there was a corona, um, somebody that had corona, then you will be alerted to that so that you can then go ahead and uh, quarantine yourself or self-quarantine. This is from, again, published today from the Jerusalem Post. New Israeli app to notify users of potential coronavirus exposure. It says this, A new app developed in Israel in partnership with United Hatzalah will alert users if they've been in the proximity with a confirmed coronavirus patient. The app, called TrackVirus, works by tracking the user's location since it was downloaded, cross-checking their path with those of confirmed coronavirus cases through the use of data listed at the health ministry. Users will receive a notification should they have been near a case. All information gathered in the app is stored unanimous or anonymously on each phone, not gathered into the cloud uh, storage system. No identification is needed for downloading the app. It's inv- available on Android, but not on iPhones. Uh, it says here, however, it does not work retroactively. And so as soon as you download it, then it's going to be tracking where you are going and seeing whether you have crossed paths um, going forward with somebody that had corona and that have reported their whereabouts to the um, to to the government. The app's creator, Uri Feldman, said this, starting on Sunday, tens of thousands of, of users will receive, that's today, receive the necessary information regarding the whereabouts of confirmed coronavirus carriers faster in a more up-to-date manner and with more accuracy. And so, again, this is promoting a quarantine or helping you recognize when you should be quarantined if you do cross paths with a corona victim. And But it's, um, it's amazing that this technology can be used in this way through these smartphone devices. And it's just using it in this way doesn't seem to be a problem. However, if governments and others can, be using, can use it in this way um, to track your whereabouts... And it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's not too many steps from here to see how the government could use it in the future as well. Maybe not the government, maybe others. It's definitely something to consider about when you are carrying around uh, your smartphone device. 
Now, this this um, story about coronavirus, this is going to be featured uh, inside the next edition of Watch Jerusalem with an article from our editor-in-chief, Mr. Gerald Flurry. And I've just got a draft of this. And I, I want to quote a little, ba- a little bit about this because uh, it goes into the measures that Israel has taken and the degree to which it might actually slow the, the effect, slow the spread of coronavirus here in Israel as compared to elsewhere in the world. It says this, The outbreak of the coronavirus has shaken the world. The pandemic that started in central China three months ago has now spread across the planet. When it first began, many nations remained quite relaxed about the virus, but Israel took stringent precautions to prevent it from spreading. On January 30, when the death toll of China was just 170, Israel became the first nation to stop incoming flights from China. Israelis returning from China were immediately placed in a 14-day quarantine. As the virus spread through Asia, Israel banned entrance to foreigners who had visited infected nations. On February 26, Israel became the first nation to advise its citizens against overseas travel. One day later, when Italy's death toll was only 17, Israel became the first nation to block all flights from Italy. All Israelis arriving from Italy were instructed from that point to enter quarantine. Then on March 9th, Israel became the first nation to refuse entry to any foreigner that couldn't prove the ability to home quarantine for 14 days, and this decision effectively closed Israel's borders to non-residents. Then then it writes this, uh, Israel has imposed some of the most stringent quarantine requirements of any nation. If a person was on the same flight as a coronavirus carrier or crossed paths with a carrier in stride of Israel or even returned from abroad from any destination, he or she was required to enter quarantine. And, and we've seen that. And we've seen even people arrested for breaking that, breaking that quarantine. And then it writes, No nation on earth has come close to the measures Israel imposed to protect itself. Now, this is interesting because notoriously Israel, the Jews are notoriously famous based on the biblical tenets of biblical laws for quarantine and, and general hygiene. Israel has, well, the Jews have uh, limited the impact historically of global plagues that have affected others. And in a, in a similar way, we are seeing, it seems, something like that take place here with the coronavirus. Now, that may have an actual a good effect here in Israel. It may actually lead to different effects, as we'll get to here in a second. It says this, again, this is going to appear in the next edition of of Watch Jerusalem from our editor-in-chief. These far-reaching actions were consistent with the Jews' historic practice of quarantine. Historically, the Jews have had a lot of success reducing the effects of disease epidemics because they followed the laws of quarantine outlined in the book of Leviticus and Numbers. When the bubonic plague struck in the 14th century, for example, Jewish communities across Europe practiced quarantine and had massively lower rates of infection and fatality. The lesson is God's laws work. Many nations have now imposed quarantine measures, but they all came much too late. This uncontrollable contagion has now inflicted enormous economic damage and has cast a pall of fear and alarm over the world, including Israel. How should we respond to what we are witnessing? What is going to happen? And these are questions, uh, many are asking these questions. And this goes on further on to look at different biblical passages that talk about the pestilences uh, and these type of plagues and diseases that are going to affect Israel, that are going to affect the rest of the nations of the world as well. Um, but it is interesting there to, to, to think about the effect that we've seen Israel 
Well, the action we've seen Israel take decisively under the leadership of Prime Minister Netanyahu much earlier than most other nations on the planet, and we'll see if that actually has an effect. Because of these measures, perhaps Israel will not get it as bad as what other nations will get it. Now, historically, when that's been the case, when Jews have not suffered to the same ratio or degree as other nations have when such plagues uh, come across the world, then the rhetoric of anti-Semitism increases. And we're already seeing that take place. There's a column at the, the uh, Jewish News Syndicate uh, by their editor, Jonathan Tobin, he wrote this a couple of days ago, March 12th. He said, Pandemic panic, a breeding ground for the virus of Jew hatred. Which is just really interesting cons- to consider uh, the measures that the Prime Minister is taking in consultation with the Health Ministry and others. And these are, whether they like to admit it or not, are underpinned by biblical truths on uh, laws of quarantine and laws of health. It's interesting from the Torah reading this past week. What was it about? Part of it was about washing your hands and how that'll save you from death. That's in the Bible. The The Bible goes into so much detail about how to stay clean, what to do with, you know, what to eat, how to uh, wash yourself, how to quarantine yourself, when you should quarantine yourself. There's chapters all through the Bible about this from, from three and a half thousand years ago. And then there is also, you know, you know how to go to the bathroom appropriately, what you should do with that. Now, these might seem to be uh, commonplace today, a lot of these quarantine laws, quarantine rules, but many nations don't follow them. And Israel doesn't do it perfectly, of course, but it is interesting to just consider the fact that Israel is on the forefront of quarantining measures and they are the nation, that nation of the Jews, And the Bible is full of instruction about that. And because of many of those laws, historically, um, the Jewish people weren't subject to as many of as many fatalities as others. And potentially we might see that be the case again. And when that happens, are we going to see a return to the historic anti-Semitism? That comes from that. Already we've, we've seen, we've been reporting on Watch Jerusalem for the past couple of years, the surge of anti-Semitism in Europe, especially in Germany, France, even in the UK. And now if we see those nations suffering from, I, I, I'm just, I just looked at what the, the French are doing to try and combat this. And Israel is, is more strict already right now than what the French are doing. I think they just banned their, you know, the nightlife over in France. They didn't want to, I mean, they've already got uh, thousands, thousands of infected cases and now they're doing that. And perhaps it is, is a little bit too late, but are we going to see an increase of anti-Semitism because of the Israeli response to this uh, and the, the effect that it may have on on the amount of casualties from this this virus that's spreading across the globe. Again, this article from Jonathan Tobin starts out this way. Burned into the historical memory of the Jewish people is what happened in the period when the bubonic plague swept through Europe from 1347 to 1351, a four-year period. The Black Death was one of the greatest demographic catastrophes to inflict the human race in recorded history. history historians estimate that up to 50% of Europe, Europe's population died in the pandemic with rates as of death as high as 75% in Italy, in Spain, and France, where the disease was present for four years. 
But the tragedy for the Jews was not just the risk of deadly contagion. In the midst of unimaginable suffering, many European Christians wanted to scapegoat. The Jewish minority, often, already often set apart in ghettos and subject to demonization from both church and state, was an easy choice. Massacres and pogroms, target, uh, pogroms targeted Jews across Europe. Then it writes this, or then he writes this, though the world has changed a great deal in the intervening centuries, the impulse to find someone to blame for diseases or other calamities is still embodied in the human psyche. So it's hardly surprising to learn that there has been a surge of anti-Semitic activity in which anti-Semites have sought to tie Jews to the creation and or the spread of coronavirus. Already we're seeing this. The Anti-Defamation League has been publishing uh, reports of this, showing how there's plenty of conspiracy theories out there in the US and Europe right now that the Jews created this virus and that they're spreading it to uh, ensure that you know, the world population dims a little bit and that Jewish leaders can come to the fore. I do have an article about that. This is from the Times of Israel, I think yesterday or a couple of days ago. According to Alex Friedfeld, a researcher with the Anti-Defamation League Center on Extremism, extremists began promulgating the notion in January that the coronavirus was created by a cabal of Jews around the time the virus was first detected. Quoting him now, The most popular conspiracy theory is that the Jews are using this virus as a means of profit. They are saying Jews manufactured it and are going to take advantage of the market's collapse through insider trading. So... Uh, that you know, again, this is on the fringe right now, but we'll see what happens and whether it goes more mainstream. Uh, one Turkish guest, uh, one guest on Turkish television said this quote. So this is Turkish television, and again, this is all run by the state in Turkey. Says this quote: Jews, Zionists have organized and engineered the novel coronavirus as a biological weapon, just like the bird flu to design the world, seize countries, and neuter the world's population. That's what got airtime in Turkey, a nation with 80 million people, whose media is governed by its uh, the ruling party um, of Erdogan. And they are pushing this narrative as well. Uh, Jonathan Tobin continues to write this. In this context, context, it's useful to recall that some who blamed Jews for the plague speaking about anciently, uh, well, in history, were reacting to the fact that in those instances, Jews were not as drastically affected as the rest of the population. That's why they thought, well, look at the Jews, not many of them died. Look at us, lots of us are dying. It must be the Jews' fault. That's what people said historically. And again, and as Israel does um, allow it, or order, more stringent containment policies for this, are we going to see such a discrepancy again between the ratios of death here and elsewhere? And will this give rise to anti-Semitic fervor? We think we're above this. Human beings across the world think they're above this. But time has proven human nature to be the same. Human nature remains unchanged. And we can see that as people just raid stores for items that aren't even important to the to the survival of a human being. And so if that's happening, 
we're not too too many steps away from some of this um, glaring anti-Semitism that that took place in the past when other plagues struck the world. He writes this, Tobin does, Some have theorized that Jewish custom, custom and law mandated regular washings was one, re- one reason. Another was the fact that the Jews rid their homes of grain consumed by the rats that spread the plague in the spring prior to Passover, when the plague was usually at its worst. So that's, that's kind of interesting to consider uh, why it, it, the Jews did not get targeted more um, from those ancient plagues. Then he concludes this way. We have no idea of how bad things will get as much of the world shuts down in order to prevent the virus from claiming more victims. But we do know that the basic instincts and fears of human beings that drove so much hate in earlier eras remains in spite of the trappings of technology and and civilization that often cloak them. And this is really good to to remember. We might have technology, we might have civilization, we might think that we've become uh, far more sophisticated from those of the past that wouldn't that resorted to such such anti-Semitism. But he's, he says these basic instincts and, and fears that drove so much so much hate previously, well, that's still around. We've cloaked it. Human nature has been cloaked perhaps, but human nature is still there and that cloak will come off. When push comes to shove, we may well find a cure for the coronavirus, he writes, either in elsewhere, Israel or elsewhere. But a cure for the virus of anti-Semitism and senseless hate is likely to continue to elude humanity. And so taking what he wrote there, looking at the fact that historically when these plagues go through and because of fundamental laws in the Bible, the Jews have been protected uh, by a lot of those plagues. And here we have a situation where Israel has got the most stringent quarantine uh, techniques in the world. Um, Perhaps, again, they're not going to suffer as much as others. And if human nature is the same, is that going to to lead to a rise in anti-Semitic acts or anti-Semitic fervor amongst other nations or inside other nations against against the Jews. Now, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I definitely feel like uh, you really need to get our Watch Jerusalem magazine and read the article from our editor-in-chief about coronavirus. It will put it in, in perspective. It really is difficult to know right now how bad it's going to get, uh, it's it's difficult because we just rely on media reports and we rely on social media and things like that, and we we're living through this this uh, whether or not whether or not Corona is is going to get as bad as people think. There is mass pandemonium created because of the social networking systems that we have and the media systems that we have that have never really existed during a, a similar plague uh, in history, and so. This is something that is going to be on people's minds, and not just for the next few weeks, but the next few months. Here in Israel, what the, the basic quarantine that everyone's kind of been put under, because there's going to be no cafes and no restaurants and no public gatherings of any sort, no kids going to childcare, uh, people and their families at home mostly. This is going on for at least another month, five, six weeks, is what the government said, and so we need to adjust our routine. But this is going to be on people's minds for sure. And so if you want clarity of thought 
about what God is doing through this, through this coronavirus, you really need to read this article uh, by our editor-in-chief in the next Watch Jerusalem magazine. It seems like we have a few more minutes, so I just want to talk about what's happening in Iraq right now, because this is something that would have got a lot more attention had corona not been in existence. And this is what uh, the Wall Street Journal editorial board wrote about these attacks on March 13th. It says this, The world doesn't end because there's a viral pandemic. In what would have been far bigger news without the virus spread, an Iran-backed militia group on Wednesday launched an attack on an Iraqi training base that left two American troops and one British soldier dead and some 14 wounded. And so later on, I think it was that was on Wednesday, and Kateeb Hezbollah was the one that was blamed for this. This is the same group that launched uh, an attack on American American base uh, towards the right at the end of last year that killed an American contractor. And in response to that, we had the the president order an attack against Kateeb Hezbollah inside Iraq. And again, these are these are Shiite groups and militias that answer to Iran and take out a couple dozen of their fighters. And following that, we had Qasem Soleimani, who's the head of the Quds Force, who's basically head of Khatib Hezbollah as well. He came back to Baghdad, and that's when the United States decided, and because he was going to plan some other things, and he was a really bad, bad guy, he had a lot of blood, American blood on his hands, that he, that he was going to be assassinated, and he was. And following that, we had the president come out and say that our red line is American deaths. If, you, if you're going to respond to our killing of Soleimani and American soldiers are going to be killed, then watch out. Watch out. We're going to have the full force of the American military come down on you, Iran. And what happened? There was a response. No American forces were killed. In the process of that response, the uh, commercial jet was blown out of the sky, causing almost 200 deaths. And Iran's response was largely muted. But here we are. A couple of months separated from that, and we had the exact thing that the United States, uh, or the, the red line that the United States put forward, has been crossed. Two American soldiers were killed by an Iraqi Shiite militia that answers to Iran. And this is, you know, and, and the response from the US was to take out five different sites in Iraq. They did that on Thursday, and this was a proportional response, they said, the United States. And there were probably several several uh, Quds Force leaders and also some uh, of Kateb Hezbollah were, were killed in that. But it didn't deter them. Here we are yesterday morning. Yesterday morning. Listen to this report. This is from Reuters. Came out today. Three American troops and several Iraqi forces were wounded on, in, on Saturday in the second major rocket attack in the past week on an Iraqi base north of Baghdad. Iraqi's Joint uh, Operations Command said 33 Katusha rockets were launched near a section of the Taji base, which houses U.S.-led coalition troops. It said the mil- military found seven rocket launches and 24 used unused rockets nearby. And so you had the United States' response to a Iranian attack that killed two Americans and a British person, and that attack didn't deter Iran one single bit. Two days later, it fired again at the same base. Now, there have been about 30 attacks in the past six months by Iranian-backed Shiite, Shiite groups inside Iraq against American forces firing on American bases. I wonder how much that's being reported in the United States. And 
for all the president's show of strength against Qasem Soleimani and the muted response from Iran, the Iran hasn't gone away. They are still pushing to get the United States out of Iraq, and they're pushing with their with their proxies. And we have, it's just kind of amazing to me that you have, on a daily basis, it seems, almost daily basis, let's go over the past two weeks, you have rocket attacks on American bases in Iraq. That's what's, that's, that's reality. Even as Iran suffers from corona to the extent that we don't realize because um, reporting out of Iran about what's happened there is, is horrible. We know that there are satellite images of Iran um, digging mass graves to, to house the bodies of those that have already been killed from this. And yet, even amongst, amidst all of this, the, the horrible corona outbreak, the financial sanctions that are suffocating the Iranian regime, the threats of powerful response by America when American servicemen are killed, Iran hasn't changed. Iran hasn't changed at all. They're still firing rockets at the United States. They're still motivating proxies, especially the Houthis. There's new reports this week out of uh, showing how they've stepped up their attacks against shipping in the Arabian Sea, uh, in the Red Sea, and they're using these um, explosive remote-controlled boats that they just fill up with with TNT and they head towards a, a, a ship transiting through there, trying to blow up that uh, blow up the ship. Iran is continuing to do that, and I think I wanted to bring up this story because while the world right now focuses on Corona, and rightfully so in some instances, um, there is also this King of the South that is biblically prophesied to rise and push the world towards world war. Everybody is worried about global pandemonium caused by a plague, and that is happening, but it's not what pushes the world towards war, according to your Bible. According to your Bible, that is this uh, prophesied power, the king of the south, that we have talked about being Iran, and the radical Islamist nations that it will lead as part of its alliance. And it's going to push at world trade. It's going to target shipping. It's going to target oil supplies. It's going to target Europe, perhaps with a nuclear weapon. That's what they're building towards as well. In the meantime, we had last week, what did Iran do? Well, it got reported that the IAEA wanted to visit two or three sites that they haven't seen yet, secret sites in Iran. Iran said, no, you're not going to see them. And then Iran comes out and declares that it has four times the amount of nuclear material of uranium and 5% enriched uranium, four times the amount that it's allowed on the, under the nuclear deal, over 1,000 kilograms, which is enough for a nuclear weapon. So Iran is there amidst corona declaring that it has enough nuclear material, although it's yet to be fully refined down to the to level it needs, to produce a bomb. It's announcing that. That's what it's being honest about. And then when the IEA wants to inspect the secret military sites, uh, development sites, Iran says no. So they've got something going on that nobody even knows about. The same time they're doing that, they're still increasing their strategy of shutting down shipping through the Red Sea, through the Houthis and these exploding boats. The same time they're doing that, they're firing uh, dozens of missiles at American bases in Iraq, which we know that according to biblical prophecy, 
And our forecast is that American forces are going to be pushed out of Iraq by Iran. They're doing all of this. While the world is focused on corona, we have Iran still rising in power, or at least indications of what Iran wants to do to the planet. The Bible indicates that it's Iran that pushes the world towards war, not a coronavirus. I'm sure all these things have their part to play, of course. Uh, God is meat, is, is bringing about all that we see or allowing these things to happen, including the corona, including the plague, including the economic disaster that is uh, setting in on many nations. But we, can't, we shouldn't lose sight of the other events that are taking place. Is corona going to have an effect on this world? Yes, it already is. But it could be argued that what Iran is doing right now under the cloud of the coronavirus is going to have a far greater impact and effect on this world. And so that's why we need to continue to watch Iran as it does develop these technologies and also continue its push against the United States and Iraq and elsewhere in the Middle East, because that is what your Bible says is going to push the world towards towards war. Now, if you want to understand more of those biblical prophecies and the reason why we do focus on Iran so much, uh, you do need to request our book, The King of the South, The King of the South. I'll leave it a link for this in the show notes of today's program. It's free. Again, we'll send you a hard copy of it wherever you are in the world. Really read that. Study it along with your Bible. See what was prophesied thousands of years ago. Uh, about what would happen right now, and then use that understanding to know where we are in biblical prophecy and how you need to really prepare yourself for, for what is coming. That's all we have time for today. Thank you very much for listening in. If you would like to send some feedback or some ideas or even some tips, especially in biblical archaeology, if you would like something covered, please do send your feedback to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il, and we'll try and cover whatever we can on the program for you. Thanks very much for listening in today, and I'll talk to you next week. 